Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi everyone, welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 151. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show. And I do want to start by saying thank you so much to everyone who listened to last week's episode and appreciated it and reached out. I heard from many, many, many people. It's so funny because, I mean, obviously most of the listeners of this podcast uh, can really relate to autism and, you know, this this whole world and this journey. Um, but weight loss is something that has like a much further reach. <laughs> um, so this episode, that, that last week's episode and then episode 124 that I had done a few months back, I shared like on my personal pages as well. And it's, it's so interesting because I heard from like people I went to high school with, people I used to work with, like there, there's just so many people that can relate to the weight struggles. And even like within this community, I've, I've spoke with so many listeners who, you know, are, have just been there or are still there. And it really is something that I think so many of us can just kind of connect over. So as much as I do feel like really vulnerable <laughs> talking about like weight loss and body image and stuff, I'm I'm happy to to share if it's going to be helpful. So thank you again just to everyone for all your support. You guys are amazing. Um and today we have another installment of hot topics coming at you. And today we're going to talk all about ABA, which this has been pretty highly requested when I first started doing the hot topics. I got many inquiries asking for an episode all about ABA and it's one that I've, I've wanted to do. Um, but then a couple weeks ago I had shared on my stories on Instagram, like a throwback photo from a couple years ago during one of Logan's ABA sessions. Um, it happened to be when we started incorporating his sister Liliana into some of his sessions, which I'll talk more about that later. Um, and I just talked a little bit about like our experience with ABA and we are taking a pause right now. We've been, we've been paused on ABA since about October of 2020. So, and then a lot of people asking like, why, why the pause, which I have talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Um, the last episode that Manny and I did together, which was in December. It was right around Logan's birthday. I can't remember the episode number right now. Uh, we talked about it because that was like not too long after we took the little pause. So I will, I will talk more about that today too. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are asking questions about ABA and I was like, Oh, I, I really need to do the, the hot topic about ABA because it continues to be something that I constantly get. I was just messaging with someone the other day about just kind of our experience with ABA and wondering like what's normal, what isn't. So as always, I feel like I need to give a disclaimer <laughs> for these hot topic episodes. I'm really just, you know, putting these out as kind of like a sounding board, sharing our experience, and especially with ABA, you know, there's a lot of controversy. People have a lot of thoughts, which I, I hear them. I appreciate them. So like I said, I really am just sharing, you know, our experience from my perspective as a parent. I can't, I can't speak for what it's like as, you know, somebody who's receiving ABA. Um, and especially because Logan is nonverbal, I, I can't have a conversation with him. Like, how do you feel about ABA? We're just, you know, we're not, we're not there yet with his communication skills. I hope someday we, we will be. Um, so, so much of our experience, it, it really just went off of like, did Logan seem happy? Was he in, enjoying his time? Was he engaged? And like I said, I'll kind of talk more about that, but I just wanted to give that little <laughs> disclaimer up top. I'm definitely not an expert, especially when it comes to ABA. This is just like our experience, what worked for us, what I kind of learned along the way. Cause we did, we were, you know, doing ABA for almost four years. So I do feel like we had, you know, a, a pretty 
long kind of time with it. And I formulated definitely my, my own opinions, um, which you may or may not agree with. And that's fine. So kind of going back when Logan was first diagnosed with ABA, oh my gosh, when Logan was first diagnosed with autism, ABA was one of the things that the, the doctor recommended like right, right away. We had him diagnosed with a developmental pediatrician and she, she said she really recommended ABA for him. She thought it would be really good for him. She thought he could make a lot of gains. He had like just turned four at this point. I will say even before he was diagnosed, I had heard about ABA a little bit. I honestly didn't really know what it was, but I remember like when, when we were on the wait list for, for Logan to, to be evaluated, we went to like a park or something. There was a bunch of kids there and Logan was playing and he had a, a Chewy, um, which was something that we started using in preschool. That was one of the things the OT had recommended in preschool. And he, he immediately took to the Chewy. So he had like a little clip, you know, on his shirt and he would, he would chew on it. And one of the moms at the park, she was like, oh, my son, my son uses Chewies too. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm like he loves them. Like it's really good, like, you know, input for him. And she asked me, she's like, oh, is, is he on the spectrum? And I was like, well, we don't know for sure yet, but I'm like, we, we are on the wait list to be evaluated. Um, and at that point I had said, I was like, we're, you know, expecting the, the diagnosis. We just hadn't formally gotten it yet. And she said that her son, who was just a little bit older than Logan at the time, like I said, he was, he was, he got diagnosed right after four and we were on an eight month wait list. So he was probably around three and a half at this time. Her son was, I think, about four, maybe four and a half. And she said that he he had been diagnosed, I think that maybe like a year prior. Um, and this was like a, a pretty quick conversation, but this was like one of the first people I'd ever like connected with in person who had a child in the spectrum. So I was just like gobbling up everything she was saying. And I asked her, I was like, have you guys done therapies? Because at that point we had finished with early intervention and he was in preschool with the district and, you know, still doing speech and OT. And and I asked about ABA because um, I knew that it was like really commonly recommended for kids on the spectrum. And she said, yes, they they were doing speech and OT. And she was like, we tried ABA and we just, we didn't like it. It didn't work for us. And it was too time intensive and my son didn't like it. And she, I remember she said, ABA turns kids into robots. And that really stuck with me. Um, cause I had this, like that, w I really didn't know much about ABA at all at the time. So when she said that, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, I don't want Logan to be a robot. Like that sounds terrible. Um, but then when we were kind of getting closer to the diagnosis, I, I was just sort of doing my own research and I've mentioned this before, but my my best friend Amy is a therapist and I remember talking to her about ABA and she was just kind of giving me, she doesn't do ABA. She's not that kind of therapist, but she's, you know, just like understands the therapy world. Um, and she just kind of gave me her opinion and she's like, I actually think ABA would be great for Logan. She's like, I, I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, so I had opened up a little bit more to it after kind of doing my own research and I feel like with anything you can really find like evidence to, you know, support it or evidence to the contrary. And I always say in situations like that, it really is probably somewhere in between is kind of where like the truth lies. Um, cause I'm sure there are plenty of people who don't have good experiences and it, it doesn't agree with them. I know there are, I've, I've spoken to them, both parents, you know, and individuals on the spectrum who've received ABA therapy and, there, like I said, there's, there's just, there's things to be said for both sides. So given all this, I knew that when Logan was diagnosed and the doctor recommended ABA, I knew that we wanted to give it a try. And I really didn't know how things would go, but I will say at that point after Logan was diagnosed, I was really looking for like a lifeline. And what I appreciated about, about ABA, especially in, in the early days was that I felt like it was like people who were kind of throwing me that, that lifeline. They were giving me knowledge and just support that up until that point, I didn't necessarily feel like I had. I, I mean, I had like Logan's school was, was, was supportive and I felt like they were, they really cared for him. Um, but as far as like, on like the autism side of things, it, it definitely 
it just kind of felt like we were like floating to be honest at least I I felt like I was sort of floating and just sort of like trying to grab onto like something concrete so I remember right after he got the diagnosis they did um give me like a list of resources with speech therapy and OT and like what was kind of available in our area and several different ABA companies um and our insurance was somewhat limiting we didn't have have too many um options we did have a few we I feel like we're lucky I think I mean I can't say for sure but I feel like most people that I talk to that live like close to like a city like we live pretty close to Chicago I feel like there's a decent amount available I do think obviously in more like rural or like country areas it's more difficult to like get just access to therapy but as far as access to therapy we've been really lucky because there's always been like something available that doesn't mean it's like always super affordable (laughs) um or you know insurance issues which I'll definitely get into that later but we did have like a few companies that were in network and we were able to kind of research and sort of get started I did choose one that is like a bigger company um and I say that because I think there there's a lot of great small companies that are really I mean it could just be like even like one BCBA and she you know or he or she hires their um behavior there's all different names for it I usually hear it's like RBT which I believe is registered behavioral tech um or sometimes just BT and those are the people that like carry out the plans from the BCBA I'll get a little more like into their their roles as I go on but the company I decided to go with I I really just had a good feeling I did call and speak to a few and just kind of like ask about sort of like the evaluation process and like just kind of getting started and the one that we went with, I remember I was on the phone with the the woman who didn't even end up being our case manager. She was just like kind of taking over for the case manager that we ended up having was like on some sort of leave. And so this was like not even someone who was going to be like, you know, ongoing with us, but she really took the time to like answer all my questions and just like listen to me go on like a crazy person. Cause like I said, at that point I had like very few people <laughs> that I felt like I could even like kind of vent to that understood where I was coming from. And we were on the phone for like an hour and she was just super understanding and super kind. And I remember thinking like, Oh, I wish, I wish we did get to work with this, this woman as the case manager. Cause she was so awesome. Um, and then it was like a couple weeks later, we had scheduled a home visit with the woman who would be our case manager. And she was going to come to the house and just kind of like meet me and Logan and like really talk about the ins and outs of getting started with ABA and, and yeah, the evaluation process and all that. Cause it definitely, it's not like a, a quick, at least for us, it wasn't like a quick process to get started. It, it, it took quite a while. Um, so when I met that woman, I immediately, she was awesome too. <laughs> she actually, she had like an older son who was on the spectrum. And I mean, she was here for hours probably and not even like, like doing evaluation stuff, just like talking to me and being like super kind and supportive. And I just immediately felt like this company was like the, where, where we needed to be. And there's people I talk to that sometimes are like, oh, I feel weird going with one of the big companies. And even someone I, I spoke to, like, after we had been with this company for a while, was asking me about, about the company that we used. And they were like, oh, they're like the McDonald's of ABA. Cause there's like so many branches and they're just like a big name. Um, and I remember they said that and I was like, honestly, I'm like, we've had like nothing but a good experience with them. So I'm like, I, I get where people are coming from and that maybe you're looking for something smaller, more like, you know, independently owned and that that's fine, but I wouldn't discount the bigger companies because I mean, you, it's really all about just the people. So for me, it was like the people were immediately just jumping out at us. Like, they were who we we wanted to be surrounded by. So we moved forward with the company and our BCBA, we met pretty shortly thereafter. Um, And her, her boss, who I didn't work with a ton, like over the four years, but I did, I did, I knew her and and I would sometimes talk to her and like consult with her. Um, And our BCBA was like a fairly new BCBA when, when we got, 
I, I mean, she maybe had a couple other families when we started working with her, but again, she came to the house and Logan especially was just like very drawn to her. Like he immediately wanted to like sit by her and he wanted, he's like super affectionate and he wanted to hug her and I could just tell he really liked her. And I always say like, I trust him implicitly. I think he has like such a good, just like radar to know like the good people. So when he liked her, I was like, okay, slam dunk. Um, and she was just like very kind. And like I said, her boss was awesome and she had been, with the company and, and worked as a BCBA for years. And now she was like training the BCBA. So I just felt like everybody, even though our BCBA was newer, um, I felt like she was working with somebody who did have a lot of experience and more than anything, I just think the connection that she had with Logan was amazing. And th that's the kind of stuff that means more to me than like your credentials is like, how are you with like engaging with my kid? Um, so it was, we, we really were like so, so lucky. And I do think our experience was somewhat rare because there's a lot of people that I talk to that don't necessarily have that experience. There's definitely people I talk to that do that, that right off the bat, ABA is awesome for them. And, you know, I, I do think that that's like, it's amazing when it happens and I wish that happened for everybody. I don't think that's always the case, but again, I'm just kind of sharing from our perspective. Um, and we did have a little, we had, we had quite a, quite a wait before we really kind of got started. Cause even once we had our BCA, BCBA, we really had to like get our team kind of assembled. So from the time that I like made that first phone call, which was like right after Logan was diagnosed till Logan's actual like first session with ABA, it was about six months. So it definitely was like a long process, like most things, <laughs> um, lots of wait lists and yeah, just getting, getting the schedule going. I will say, um, when he was first diagnosed, the doctor talked about him doing like full-time ABA, which would be like 30, 40 hours a week. And I think the, like the model that ABA goes off of, like the traditional model is supposed to be that amount of time. Um, I never wanted to do that, that much ABA. We did do, we started with, um, we did do six days a week and we would do three hour sessions. So when Logan first started ABA, he was in school. So he would go to preschool half the day and then come home, have a little break. And then he would have this three hour sessions and it was every day after school. And then on Saturdays, um, and we actually kept that same schedule the entire time. We did kind of flex up or down, like depending on school breaks and especially like in the summertime, um, we almost always did in-home ABA. We did, again, like on breaks from school, he would sometimes go to his clinic um, and do some some clinic hours, which we had a, a really great experience with the clinic too. Um, I can kind of talk about that a little bit more later because that was one of the questions that I got too. But primarily we did in-home and it was I remember like the very first day that they came over and it was the BCBA and like one of his, um, his, his, his therapists, his, his BTs. Um, cause when we first started, we had three cause we had, like I said, we were doing six days a week. So they each kind of had like two, two days a week that they would do. Um, and it, only one was with us the entire time. We did have like a, a bit of a revolving door. Nobody that was, we, I think we had one that we only had for a couple months, but for the most part, our, our therapists were with us for quite a while. Um, and we definitely did like kind of form relationships with them and they became like really like family members, like people that we were really close to because they were with us. <laughs> they were in our house for so much of it. Um, but yeah, I remember that very first session, it was really interesting because it was like, they came over and, you know, they were, especially in the beginning, like not, not being pushy. It was really just about kind of like establishing a relationship with Logan and kind of getting that trust and connections that they, they could have, have that sort of rapport with him when they did begin running programs. But what I wasn't expecting from ABA so much was like, it was sort of giving me not only the support of like people who were there to help and, you know, they were, 
the, I remember like even talking with the, with the coordinator that day and her telling me like, he, we're, we're going to help him. Like he's going to come home from school and he's going to take off his shoes and put them away and hang up his jacket. And at that point I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I mean, he had never done things like that. And again, I really didn't know a ton about ABA. So I didn't know the kind of things that he would be working on and learning. So when she told me that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And and that was something like from the very beginning that we really focused on was like life skills. And, you know, they changed as he got older. Um, but that was something that really excited me. The idea of him being able to have like more independence and he had to work on those life skills. So yeah, the first day they came over, I, I almost like didn't know what to do with myself. Like, I'm like, okay, should I just like watch them? Should I help them? And, um, they, they were kind of like, like I said, really sort of following Logan's lead at that point. We, we definitely got things down to more of a sort of a routine and like a very kind of well-oiled machine. But I remember saying to them, like, after kind of watching for a little bit, I'm like, is it okay if I, um, like, start making dinner? <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Like, we'll, we'll just work with him. And they were, like, in the next room. I could, I could you know, kind of hear what was going on. Um, but it was, it was so wonderful because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, Logan is occupied. And up until that point, like, he's always been a kid who you really got to have eyes on and, like, know what he's doing all the time. And it felt like such a weight lifted to be like, oh my gosh, people that are like qualified to be like with him and helping him are, are here and they're, they're helping us. And I like went about like making, started making dinner. And that was, I mean, it seems small, but honestly it felt huge at that time. Cause like I said, I really was like looking for that lifeline. And that was one of the things that ABA gave us that I wasn't necessarily expecting. So like I said, as time went on, we really did kind of find our footing. We ended up, instead of having ABA like in, you know, the kitchen or the family room, we made our, our guest bedroom, which is, first we had him in, um, what ended up becoming the, the nursery. Cause I ended up getting pregnant with Layla not long after Logan started ABA, like probably a few weeks, maybe a month after he started with ABA. Um, so first he was, yeah, he was upstairs and, and, one of the bedrooms up there because we did find that he kind of did better when we had like a space for him and we had like a little kind of table and chairs in there. Um, but then we ended up, we're like, okay, this is going to be the, the baby's room. So we moved him down to the basement, which is, has a guest room and there's his playroom is down there and our, uh, we have like a, a, a bathroom down there. I have, I've shared a little bit of our kind of set up in the basement on my stories before. So if you're interested, you can check out that on my, my Instagram page. Um, but it ended up really working out so well because it was like just sort of secluded enough that he felt like, okay, we're going to, when we're in this room, we're going to work. Um, but it was great because all of his like sensory stuff and trampoline and swing and everything was right next door in, in the basement playroom they had the bathroom right there. So when they started working on potty training, like that was right there. And I mean, they would, they would come up and down. They would always work breaks in his sessions. And especially like if the weather was nice, they would take him outside. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was like banished to this room for three hours. Like there was definite, there was breaks worked in either the playroom or yeah, going outside. And it just was a, a really, a really good system. Um, and then even when we had new people come in, our, our BCBA was the same the entire time. And she was unwavering, amazing to us and like so supportive. I felt like I could call her really at any time if there was an issue. We did have um, like every six weeks we would do a team meeting and we would have all the therapists, the BCBA, me, we would all sit down and go over data. We would go over like their actual kind of like data from their sessions. Cause that's one thing I didn't, I didn't necessarily know before we started ABA was that, uh, it really is, they, they are taking data all the time. So everything is like graphed and charted. And I remember our, our first team meeting, uh, his BCBA had sent over, the paperwork. And she was like, Oh, I just wanted to send this to you before we meet so you can look at it. And I, I was like so blown away by just like the, the math <laughs> involved with it. It was just like, not necessarily what I was expecting. Um, and basically what we're, we were looking for was just like, you know, trends of like, Oh, like this program seems to be really working. He's doing awesome. And what, 
for us, what we would do is, you know, have, have certain programs that we would follow and they would be tracking like every time, you know, he, he completed this program and his accuracy with it. And once he mastered a program, they would move on to the next thing, but then they would occasionally come back to it just to make sure he was like retaining the things that we were working on. Um, and a lot of it was sort of what we would call table work, which was kind of like matching and sorting and things that looked more kind of like academic. But then again, a lot of it was like the life skills. Like I remember one of the things we worked on a lot was like sitting down to eat his meals and his, his therapist would come up and sit with him at the table and just kind of track like how well he was doing with, with sitting, how many times he needed to get up for a break and stuff like that. Or we worked on getting dressed and like, you know, could he put his shirt over his head and how, how often could he do that with what accuracy? Um, cause once his shirt was over his head, he could always put his arms through it, but it was like, you know, teaching him to get his shirt over his head or putting his socks on, like things that you don't necessarily think about when you, when you think of ABA, but like Logan did learn all of these skills from ABA, um, brushing his teeth, like washing his hands, potty training. These were, these were all things that we learned from ABA. Even like when, when we were finishing like the summer before they were working with him on riding a bike and, and pedaling. Cause you know, Logan, I've talked about this before, but his, his, his fine motor is, um, he's not necessarily like delayed, but it's definitely a, a challenge for him. Just like the processing, um, and, riding a bike is something that we're, we're still working on. And so just like kind of getting him to like make a full rotation with the pedals, that was something that we were working on. And that was fun too, because it was sort of like something he was doing for fun, but also, you know, something, a, a skill that he could be working on. So there were, there were just, there were so many things that, that he learned from ABA. And I, I will say like the whole time that he was, he did ABA, there was maybe like twice that I said, I don't like this program or I don't think he needs to be doing this. Like I'd rather focus our attention somewhere else. Um, and that was always met very well. I will say like, I think from the beginning, we really just sort of like established that, you know, I, I fully respected and trusted his team, but I never felt like they were in charge. I always kind of felt like, even when I, when I didn't really know much, I, I always, I still felt like they respected me as his parent to know that like I was in the driver's seat and I, like, I, like I was kind of the authority. They were the authority on the therapy, but I was the authority on Logan. And if there was ever anything that made me feel even like slightly uncomfortable, it was axed and it was never questioned. And I was really thankful for that. And looking back now, even more thankful because there are so many people I talk to that again, don't have that experience. Um, so for anyone just like getting started with ABA, I would just say like, if you can, from the beginning, just go into that with that mindset of like you, you are the one that's in charge and yes, like they're the experts on, on ABA and they're, you know, carrying on with these programs and protocols, but you have to be comfortable and then the other thing I would say is that from the very beginning, I could just tell that Logan was happy. Um, ABA really gave him like a sense of purpose that he didn't necessarily have before. Like how I said, I was kind of floating. He was too. He didn't necessarily know even like how to fill his time. He never really played like a, a typical kid did. When he was very little, he, he did a little bit. Like he wanted to play with cars and he would you know, just kind of like tinker with toys, but he, especially at this point when he was four, he really didn't have any kind of like, a, like play skills. Um, so when he had free time, it, it just ended up, it just was, was difficult for him. He like, didn't really know what to do with himself. And, and ABA gave him that structure to kind of not only fill his day, but also like just helped him kind of figure out what he wanted to do with his time and like that self-regulation piece. And it, it, it took a long time to develop that, but it did develop. And I know that that happened because of ABA. So I will say like this, this whole, um, experience that we had, like I said, I, I would say it was overwhelmingly positive and really it wasn't until, um, everything happened with COVID and we were 
quarantined and he was out of school and therapy. And we had, I think like two months where he didn't have any therapy. Um, and it was, it was definitely a challenge. It was a real challenge. Um, but then when he started back, he started going to his clinic and we would do like some clinic hours and some home hours. And it, it, he actually was doing great. He was super happy to be like back to a schedule. He really enjoyed going to the clinic. The, the, uh, BTs that we had at the clinic last summer were like amazing with him. He adored them. He had a great time with them. It was awesome. He had made tons of improvements at that point. Um, but then once school started and he was back to like a full schedule of, you know, school all day and then come home, have the three hours of ABA, I could just tell he seemed like he was kind of burnt out. And I think as hard as it was to have that free time while we were quarantined, it, it did kind of force him to, to figure out what to do with that free time. And again, just kind of like figure out that self-regulation piece and, he really started like utilizing all of the sort of tools and resources that we have at home. So like if he wanted, if he wanted that sensory input, he would go down to the basement and go on his pod swing or jump on the trampoline or, you know, play with his balls or if he balls like bouncing balls. <laughs> Logan has a million, a million different balls in our house. Um, that's like his favorite stem if you're familiar. Um, but then if he wanted like that quiet time, that was when he really started getting into taking baths and he would ask me like all the time, like take a bath, please. Um, so he would either ask to take a bath and that would be like his quiet time or he would go in his room and just, he would put on his sound machine and it's, he's got the bed tent. So it's nice and dark and he would just watch his iPad and it just, we really could see him kind of like growing and maturing. And we were getting to the point where I remember saying to Manny, like, I feel like maybe we should cut back on ABA because he just, when he does this full schedule, I feel like he's burnt out and where he used to be like super engaged with his sessions and really getting a lot out of them and enjoying them. I could tell he was like checked out more and he was like wanting more breaks and, and not completing his tasks as well. And in, instead of looking at that as like, Oh no, you like, you need to keep going. I really was just kind of reading his signs and seeing like, I think it might be time for us to take, um, I wasn't thinking fully, like pausing and, and stopping with ABA, but I was thinking maybe we could cut back. Well, right around that time, Manny had his, his company had gotten bought out and we had new insurance and our new insurance would not cover ABA. So at first we were, we were fighting with them and trying to get it approved. And we were kind of like on this pause and about a month into it, I kind of realized I'm like, Logan just seems really happy. He really seemed to be enjoying like, you know, he would go to school and get his stuff done at school and then come home and like have this free time. And like I said, he was really getting so much better at self-regulating. And I remember like the first month or so of school, his teacher, a lot of his notes home were like, Logan seems kind of checked out. He's not you know, engaged as much. And granted, it was like the start of the school year. So I didn't know. And it was crazy because of COVID. We were kind of back and forth a little bit. And we weren't really sure if it was what it was necessarily to do because Logan has always loved school and he still enjoyed going, but he just wasn't as like engaged as he had been. Well, once we took the pause from ABA, all of his notes home from school were like, he's doing amazing. He's rocking this. He's like, doing all of his work and he's even doing some independently. And so it did seem like the two were kind of correlated. And then Manny and I kind of had the, the, the talk of like, you know, we're fighting this to see if, if insurance will cover, but like maybe Logan is telling us that we just need to take a step back from ABA right now. And like, you know, he, he's still in school and he does speech and OT there. We were still doing private speech therapy and it just kind of seemed like, sort of the right time to, yeah, just kind of take a pause. And I'm not saying that we wouldn't go back ever. Cause again, we, we really did have a good experience with ABA. Um, but I really do feel like Logan got so much out of it. And I just think we we're kind of where we're supposed to be right now, which is kind of giving him space to, to just, have this time because for so long, I mean, even as, you know, like a little four-year-old, four and a half-year-old, he was like working full-time. He had school and therapy and he put 
his all into it a hundred percent. And that was something that was really tough for me in the beginning to understand when we were first starting with ABA. Again, even though we didn't do, we only really did 18 hours, um, kind of the whole time, except for we did sort of flex up, like if it was over Christmas break or spring break or summer break, and we would do more kind of clinic hours and he would do not, not quite like full-time status, but more kind of like school hours. Um, and that worked well at that time because he didn't, that was only when he had breaks from school. Um, but the 18 hours really seemed like a good fit for us for a long time until it just, it, it was, it was circumstances with the insurance, but it was also just Logan showing us that he was kind of ready for, I guess, ready for a break. And so, like I said, that was in October and we are, we're still kind of on the break and obviously, you know, it's summer now, so he has more time than even usual. And he had summer school and he did awesome, but he's just, he's in a very different spot now than he was when we first started ABA. I mean, he was four then he's eight now, you know, it's like times definitely change. And I think that was a really good lesson for, for me because for so long we really prioritized ABA and I'm glad that we did. Um, but I couldn't imagine him not doing ABA because it just felt like it was like, we were just so accustomed to it. Like I said, it really was like kind of a well-oiled machine and it worked for him. It worked for us. And I couldn't imagine like, you know, a wrench being thrown into that. And then when it was, that was what really kind of made me take a step back and be like, but is this the best thing for him right now? Cause one of the things I always say is like, I want to just continue to meet Logan where he's at. And right now, like this is where he's at. He's enjoying having a little more space. He's doing great with other things. He's still like, he's, he's grown so much and so much of just like his, his comprehension and his like receptive language, I think was really like strengthened by ABA. And I'll always be really thankful for that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. And that's really sort of like our, our whole ABA experience in a nutshell. <laughs> um, I feel like that was a lot of information. So if you have any like specific questions, let me know. I'm always happy to answer those. Again, I think we, we were really lucky. Um, but I think, I think a lot, a lot went into that. I think it was a lot of communication. I feel like communication is so, so important with, your whole team. Um, I'm not there. Were, I mean, not, not every moment was perfect. There definitely was some like kind of tough conversations of like, this isn't working. What can we do? Or, you know, I don't like this or I'm uncomfortable with this. Um, but I mean, having those conversations, even if they are uncomfortable are, are just so important. And, and again, just keeping those lines of communication open in general, good or bad. Um, we kept up those meetings the entire time we had, we were in ABA every six to eight weeks. We would all sit down, have the meetings, talk about what's working, what isn't, what we want to see, what, what goals we're working towards. Um, especially when it came to like the, the home skills and things like that, like things that we were struggling with, if there was ever anything that I'm like, Oh, Logan's really having a hard time with this. We would just like incorporated into sessions. So that was like how I was saying, um, in the beginning when I can't remember when it was exactly that we started, it was, it was the last couple of years of therapy though, we started incorporating Liliana into Logan's sessions and they would play a game. And so it was, it was great. He would be able to work on, you know, turn taking and social skills, but Liliana loved it because all she's ever really wanted is to play with her big brother. And again, he didn't necessarily have the skills, the the social skills to, to play with her appropriately. And she, I remember the very first time we did that, I mean, she was just like beaming and so happy to be playing with him and be helping. She's always been like a big helper and she just loved being a part of it. Um, and that was amazing. And that's something that I would recommend to like anybody, if you have other kids, try to, if they're open to it, if they want to, you know, ask them like, Hey, do you guys want to work on, you know, you want to play a game? And it didn't really feel like therapy for either one of them, but they both got so much out of it. Um, and that was amazing. And yeah, that, that I, I think even for Logan and Liliana, I think it really like strengthened their bond and they, I mean, they play together like in their own way now so much. And he, he is, I feel like that, that gave him more of, um, it just, just their relationship. It, it, it kind of gave them more, more depth. And I think it started in those sessions with them playing games and, and taking turns and just, you know, playing like, like brother and sister do. And it was, it was really 
super sweet for, for me to see it too. Um, okay. Well, I think that's all I'm going to say about that, our experience. I did get some listener questions, so I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll come back and answer those questions. So stay tuned. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, so jumping back in, like I said, I got some questions um, just regarding ABA. So I'm going to answer those now. Um, okay, so this one says best advice for getting started with ABA. I kind of said this before, but again, I think um, just establishing right off the bat that, you know, you as a parent, even if you're not an expert on ABA and don't feel like, you know, super comfortable with the terminology and whatnot, and there is, there's a lot to learn for sure. I think it is really important just to right off the bat have have that you know understanding that you as the parent are the person who's calling the shots like yes the your BCBA is the one writing the programs and planning everything um but if there's ever anything that you don't feel comfortable with i think it is so important to to speak up to let them know if you're you know in session and you see something that is uncomfortable to you again let them know say it right away don't, don't sit on it. Just, just let them know. Um, also, like I was saying too, just having that open line of communication. I always like with anybody I work with, with Logan, I'm just like, I like as much communication as possible in any way that is, you know, that, that you prefer, or I prefer like phone calls, emails, texts, I don't care. (laughs) Um, and I just always, I always like right off the bat, anyone we're working with, I tell them that like, I want like as much communication as possible. Um, and that for me has, has always kind of served us well. And we have been pretty lucky, um, really with everybody because I, I just, I, that's just kind of like, to me, the standard is just like, we have to have open communication and that's it. (laughs) Um, this question, it says best questions to ask when vetting a new BCBA. Um, okay. So like I said, to me, honestly, even more than the, the questions, I, I go so much off of just like the connection. And when I saw the connection that Logan had with the BCBA, I, immediately felt at ease. So I think that's a huge thing. So if you can do like an in-person meeting with the BCBA and your child and just see like kind of how they take to each other, um, see how they are with your child and how your child is with them. I think that is like super telling. Um, but as far as like questions to ask, like I said, I don't necessarily even think it's always like so much about experience. I would just ask like, what are, what are your goals, you know, for my child? Like, how are we going to get started in establishing moving forward with those goals? Like what is, what is the the place where we start and like, how do we end up there? I think it's really important to find out like what exactly their intentions are. (laughs) That sounds kind of silly. Like, what are your intentions? Um, but you know, a lot of, a lot of times I'll hear people say things like, eye contact shouldn't be a goal. Um, and honestly, like eye contact, I mean, we never had it like written as a separate goal, but that's when I hear like kind of referred to a lot. 
if that's something that is like really important to you, then okay. But if there's something your BCBA is talking about, like, oh, we, we really want to get them to work on their eye contact and you're not, you, you think like, no, that's not so much an issue. I'd rather work on like A, B, and C. Um, just letting them know, like, what are the things like right off the bat that are going to be like important that you're going to want to get started on right away. And a lot of it too is going to be like, you kind of not necessarily even asking the questions, but you just like letting them know, like, this is how I would like things to go. And just seeing how they take to that. If they're up to collaborate with you, I would ask about communication, like ask about, you know, meetings and how often you will have, have those meetings and be able to like look over the data and just like how open the communication will be. Um, those would probably be like my, my main things. Like I said, so much to me is just like the connection and then the, the communication also huge. Um, this question just says in home or center base. I'm assuming they mean like our experience. So like I had said, most of our experience was in home. Um, and that worked really well for us. I know for a lot of people, that's hard. Like having people kind of in your space and you know, you do kind of feel like you're like hosting them. And I maybe felt like that for the first like month or two where I felt like, Oh, I've got to like kind of dress up a little bit and clean the house. Um, and to, for me, like I'm, I'm not the kind of person who really cares that much about that stuff. So that was fairly easy for me to like drop <laughs> and be like, Oh, Hey, I'm wearing my pajamas and my house is a mess, but you know, come on in. <laughs> um, and I was, I was fine with that. I know, I know for some people that's hard. And if that's the case, then center based may be better for you. You just kind of have to figure out like, or, or a combination of the two. I, one of the things I really liked about the center was that like, yes, at home, we would incorporate Liliana and Logan would get to work on social skills in that way. But at the center, there's other kids. So they were able to, you know, really do things socially that he was not able to do at home. So that was always really cool. And they also just had like just different stuff. So I think it kind of like helped sort of keep him engaged when he would sort of get sick of what we had at home. And then we would do some, some center hours. It was, it was really nice to just kind of mix it up. So I think it, it depends on your situation, what works best for you. And, you know, you just kind of have to, to, to feel feel comfortable with whatever, whatever the situation is. Um, this question is how much turnover is typical? We've had several BCBAs this year and I feel like this can't be normal. Honestly, I don't, I don't know what is typical. I will say, like I said, for us, for the four years, we had the same BCBA. We did have a few different therapists. We had the same team of three for the first year. And then one left the company. She was going into like another area of therapy. And then because Logan was going from preschool to kindergarten and it was like a full day kindergarten, we, we lost out another therapist just because of scheduling. So one we kept on and she was with us the entire time. Um, but then we did have like a few that were kind of rotating. Um, but even then we, we probably had pretty much all of them for, I would say like at least a year, if not more. Um, I do talk to a lot of people where it does seem like turnover can be a bit of an issue. And that's where I do almost feel like the bigger companies kind of have an advantage because they tend to have bigger staff and, you know, people, you know, looking for a job kind of go to these bigger companies. Whereas like I have a friend of mine used a smaller company and, you know, if, if one of their, not this, this is referring to the, the therapist, the BCBA is revolving. That's, I'm, I really haven't necessarily heard that before. So that's kind of interesting, but this, a friend of mine, like they, if they had, you know, a, a therapist leave and it was a small company, like they would sometimes go like months without filling that position. There was a couple of times where, we never had like no sessions, but if we had to like have a position filled, like we maybe would have like a couple days a week where Logan was missing a session, um, for, I think maybe like at most like a month It never really seemed like that long. Cause again, it was a big company. So they, they were constantly like hiring and training new people. And yeah, I mean that, that worked out really well for us. I would, I would check with the, um, if it is a BCBA issue and, and there's turnover there, I would just check with the company and talk to them and say like, what is, you know, considered normal for turnover because this seems excessive. Um, and I would also maybe just look into other companies in your area, see what else is available because it, it might just be like, it's not, it's not a great fit there. Which speaking of the next question I have is 
how did you know ABA was the right fit? And what I'll say about that is kind of like how I said before, like immediately when everyone that I was talking to and I met with, um, just felt so supportive and it just like, again, I keep saying this, but it just felt like they were like throwing me a lifeline and then seeing them with Logan just right off the bat, he just seemed really happy. He was happy to like, he would literally, his, his therapist would come over and he would run into their arms and give them a hug. Like, how am I supposed to dispute that? That it's like, he's (laughs) enjoying his time or they would, you know, take a break and they would, play with him and tickle him and he's laughing and you know looking at them like are you gonna chase me and just having a a blast honestly like that was really what we saw pretty much right away and I'm not saying that that's gonna be the experience for every kid because I think you know some kids it takes longer to warm up and that's totally fine you know your kid best but if you are not seeing them kind of like be engaged and and light up and enjoy sessions like even you know after you've given it a few weeks, then like maybe it isn't the right fit. And that doesn't mean that ABA overall isn't the right fit, but maybe like this company or this, you know, schedule, maybe just cutting back or it, it, it just depends on what you feel, what, what you're seeing from your child and how you're feeling. I would say like, that's kind of how, you know, if it's the right fit. Uh, okay. This one says, what made you decide to pause ABA, which I got this like several times. Um, and kind of like how, how I talked about it. it really, it sort of started as an insurance issue, but then it became, it became more of us just like taking like a, an active stance and saying like, okay, this is just where Logan's at right now. And again, not that we would never go back because I don't know, maybe, maybe when he's older, we, there's, there will be a reason for us to go back. But as of right now, I think we are in a really good spot and, He's enjoying having more free time and having more of a break. And we are enjoying that with him. We, I mean, even as a family too, it was like, like, again, we really, we prioritized ABA for so long and, you know, even on Saturdays, like we always had ABA sessions. So it, it has been really nice to just like, yeah, not have like tons of people in and out of our house and, and just seeing Logan and enjoying his time more and having more time, time to get to be a kid. I mean, like this, this summer, especially, I mean, we've had so much more free time and he's been doing awesome. We are in the backyard, like all day, every day, playing in the pool, going to the park, just, just enjoying our time. And I feel like we, we put in Logan really put in the work for so long and he is just no one is more deserving than him of, of a break. And for so long, it seemed like the breaks he was getting, he wasn't enjoying and they were anxiety inducing and he just didn't know what to do with himself. So seeing him now enjoying that, that time is like, just honestly, like such a great, a, a great gift and such a reward. Um, okay. This one says, I'm feeling uneasy with some of the protocols of ABA. Did you ever feel that way? Any advice? Um, really there was only like a couple things that made me feel uneasy. I'm trying to remember like what, what one of the things like I didn't necessarily like was, um, I know with potty training it was because we did do like an intensive potty training program. Um, there was, it, it, it got to be, the the first time we tried doing the intensive potty training program, I, we did it for a couple days and I could just tell we were like not really getting anywhere. Logan seemed like he was frustrated and I did just kind of put the brakes on it. And that was hard because I really wanted him to be potty trained. And I felt like if I put the brakes on it, like I'm making the wrong decision, but I just could tell it was like not the right thing for him. Um, so I remember like after, like we were like three days into it and I said to the, his BCBA, I'm like, I just don't think this is the right time. I don't think that he's, he's not like where he needs to be yet for potty training. Um, and she like totally understood. I mean, we were really, all of us were like super gung ho to like get this kid potty trained. But then once I, I put the brakes on it, they totally understood and backed me up. Um, that's one thing I can think of like off the top of my head right now. But there, there, I mean, there were like a few, a few things over the years that I was like, uh, I'm like, I don't, I don't think I like that. Can we work on something else or can we shift that? Um, and it was always met with respect and like, you know, we were always like a team collaborating and it was like, sure, let's, you know, do something else, whether we were shifting it or just completely throwing it out. And that would be my advice is just like, speak up, just let them know 
I, I don't think this is working or I, I don't necessarily agree with this or I don't like this. Um, and that's it. And I, I mean, honestly, like, I still take that, that stance with really with everything, with things with, with school or anything therapy related. I'm always just like, if there's something that I'm like, uh, this doesn't quite feel right. I just let them know. And it's like, okay, well, moving on, we'll do something else. Um, and I, I like bigger, so I would say talk to your BCBA, uh, if it's like a, a bigger issue, again, where it's, you know, the pro, like there's just a lot of stuff that you're not agreeing with, then again, maybe it's time to look at a different company. Cause I do think there are some companies that follow a more like traditional model of ABA. And I think there's some that are more like sort of progressive. So I do think it's kind of changed over the years. Um, so yeah, that would be my advice with that. Um, this one says ABA, ABA hours seem daunting. How did you guys handle that? Um, I would just say, start with what feels doable for you. So for us, even though like the three hours a day, six sessions a week was a lot to start with, it still felt doable. Um, it felt like, it felt like what he needed. And like I said, for me, honestly, it it ended up feeling like I was getting like support in a way that I was like getting kind of a break to be honest. I mean, I still, you know, had other kids and other things to deal with, but it was like, I could go like fold the laundry or, you know, clean the bathroom without worrying like what's Logan doing? What's he getting into? Cause I knew he was like taken care of and by people that he was having fun with and that cared for him. So that was really worked for us. If you're, if you are being pushed for more hours and you're not, not comfortable with it, um, which we never were, there was a couple times at the beginning where Logan's BCBA thought, you know, maybe we could extend the hours or whatever, but I was always kind of like, this is really working for us. Like, this is fine. Um, and it really wasn't until the end that I was starting to think maybe we should cut back and then we had all the insurance issues, but that was, yeah, scheduling was like never really a thing for us because it, it just seemed like even though it was a lot of therapy to start with it it fit pretty well and it it was a good schedule for us so I would just say like probably start start in the lower end if you can just to kind of ease in and if you feel if you feel like hey we're actually really good here I want to stay here or if you feel like you know what this is really we're enjoying this I want to bump it up then you can do that too but Again, I would just say, like, keep yourself in, like, that boss role of, like, no, this is how many hours we're comfortable with. This is what we're going to do. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, okay, I think I have one more question. Oh, this is also about hours. It said, have you ever met a family that has done the recommended 30-plus hours a week of ABA and liked it or thought it was really affected? effective? And this one says, we did 10 hours a week, and it felt like that was too much for the whole family. And then currently not doing ABA at all. Um, I have met plenty of families that do the 30 plus hours. They, I, I, I talk to many families that their kids do, they do ABA like instead of school. There's, there's a lot of kids that I think it's tactically considered homeschooling, but if there isn't like a, a, a district placement or like an out of district, really anything that's like proper for their kids, that it feels like an appropriate spot. I know plenty of families who they pull their kids from school and they just do full-time ABA, whether that is, you know, in clinic or in home or a mix of the two. Um, I know lots of families that do full-time ABA and are, are super happy with it. So I think it, again, it's just really dependent on the family. And if you felt like the 10 hours a week were, were too much, that's fine. If you feel like you want to cut back, I think that you should absolutely have, you know, the, the power to do that. Um, like I said, for us, it was always 18 hours a week and that always worked for us. So we didn't, we didn't necessarily mess with it, but that was just like what felt right for us. It felt right for Logan and it was, it was good. It was, it was fine for us, but yeah, I mean, it really, it's going to be dependent on your child, on your family. Um, and again, a lot of it too, I think is like in clinic or in home hours, like if having someone in your home feels like too much, you know, that many hours a week, then maybe break it up and try clinic hours and you can do kind of half and half or just do all clinic hours or you can cut back too. That's, that's definitely something I, I want people to know listening to this is like, if you feel like you're being bulldozed and in, into doing 
into doing ABA at all, but especially doing like more hours, like that's not how it should be. It really should be like a collaborative team effort. Like they're listening to you, you're listening to them, you're working together. And I firmly believe that I would, I would fight anybody <laughs> if they say like, no, you like the, the BCBA is the boss. I, I think that the BCBA is kind of like that they're, they're the boss of you know, ABA and they're the expert there, but you as the parent, I still, I still think you are kind of like CEO head honcho and really the one like steering the ship. So that, that's just my two cents. Um, okay. Well, that's all my questions and that's all I have um, on this hot topic of, uh, B of ABA, which again, this is a, a, a highly requested one. Lots of people are asking about this. I hope this was helpful. Again, if you have any like specific questions or comments, always love hearing from you guys. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I always love hearing from you guys. We're getting into like the tail end of summer here, so I'm going to be scheduling more interviews and recordings. I have a few coming up that I'm super excited about. But if you are interested in being a guest on the show, I would love to have you. The best way to do that would be to send me an email with a little backstory, what you would like to talk about. If you were a guest, that would be super helpful. Again, if you're enjoying the show and you've not yet left a rating and review, I'd be so grateful if you would head on over to Apple podcast. If you have time to leave a few kind words, that's amazing. But also just tapping that five star super helpful. (laughs) Um, all right guys, well that is all for now and until next time, take care.